Lance, you gave us uh, our money's worth last week, and uh, I was thinking that uh, I, it's uh, right now 20 after 12, so I'm just gonna preach for probably about uh, 25 or 30 minutes. Lance gave us 57 minutes last week, but I just wanna tell you that I was so blessed. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I was actually uh, thinking as I was sitting there, and as a pastor, I'm kind of always looking at my watch because I know that there are Sunday school teachers. And I just really felt that the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, I, I, this is for all of you, and it's part of my message today. This is the Lord's day. What else do we have better to do than to, to come and worship him and to hear his word? And, uh, and that's just the way that it is. But as we look at God's word, and I, uh, I don't... Uh, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, Leon said that, you know, I'm not like retiring tomorrow, but I don't believe I'll get through Ephesians <laughs> before I call it a day, you know, because there's just so much here and so thankful for it. But God is going to do a new work in our midst. And as, as we look at uh, in Ephesians in this first chapter and, and look at the power of God that's available to his people, you know, and as I said, you know, God is going to do a new work. And, and I do believe that we're going to see many people come to know Christ in the, in, in the time ahead. But, and we need God's power. So as Paul, as he writes, as I brought uh, up to you before, that, that he, he's talking to the saints who were writing to the saints who were in Ephesus, that they would know the power of God. That great power that, that is available to every saint. In verse 19, it says of Ephesians chapter 1, and what is the immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? And then in verse 20, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The same power is we talk about the greatness of his power. This is the same power that raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. This same power that is reserved for all those who have been chosen in him. In verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. And, and I want to say to you that as we think about this great power, this great power is not for those who love the world. This great power is not for the one who calls himself a Christian, but is hanging on to this world. Oh, it's reserved for all the saints, for all who desire to know God, for all who walk in his ways, for those who hunger for God, who hunger and thirst after God, for those who love his word, for those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for those who are poor in spirit, for those who mourn as we look at the world and we see the condition of this world, we mourn and we say, oh God, use me for your glory. 
for the meek, for the merciful, for the pure in heart, promise in God's word. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. We're not perfect people. We know that. That's what we all have in common with one another. But these promises that we see in the word of God are for people who love God. The power of God, the power of God is not for the proud. The power of God is for the humble. For those who know that that apart from God, that apart from our Lord Jesus Christ, that apart from him, we're nothing. For those who know, for those who know that, that in our flesh dwelleth no good thing, as I said, this power, this power is for the believer who knows that this world, that this world is not their home. It talks about this inheritance in, in verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to what he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious, his glorious inheritance in the saints. Inheritance. That, that we as Christians, we understand that, that our treasures are not here on this earth, but our treasures are in heaven. Our Lord Jesus says that, he says, lay not up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, our treasures are not, are not on this earth, but in heaven. James 4, 6, it says, But he gives more grace... Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That as followers of Christ, we know what we are. We're children of the living God. Children of, children of the living God, and we understand that, that it's all by his grace, all by the grace of God. That God, that God in his love, according to the free grace, has given to us his, in his son, Jesus Christ. And just I wanted to read a few verses from, uh, from John chapter 17, because we understand that, that Christian, that, that we're saved, that, and I know I, I say this over and over and over again, but we're saved only by the grace and the love of God, that, that salvation has nothing to do with us. It's God and his love. He has chosen us. If we're a Christian, he has chosen us before the foundation of this world was ever laid to live for his, to live for his glory. And in, in John chapter 17... John chapter 17, verse 2. Jesus says to his father in this great high priestly prayer, says, since you have, 
given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all, to all whom you have given him. And then in verse 6, I have manifested my name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And then in verse 9, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me out of this world. Out of this world. So the great power, this great power is for those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ all by the grace of God. All who have put their power, all who have put their, their faith in Jesus, his power, and we who love the saints. You know, we who do not trust in our own good works, and I appreciated Lance. I have to be careful because he's going to be the man now pretty soon, and I don't want to call him Pood or anything like that. i got to call him Lance. Because even on his Bible, I bought him a Bible, and it says on the Bible, Puda Sherwood. You can't be calling you Puda. In private, I still can, though, right? I can still call you the Poon. But, but the thing of it is, is he shared with us. He, we got together on Thursday night as leaders, and he shared with us his vision. And last week, as he preached about this whole thing about the minimal, that what do we need in the church? What is it that we need? What do we have to have? Because, you know, he was getting the point across that in a few months, in 50 days or so, we're going to be nomadic. We're going to be traveling. We're going we, we're to go to a place we, we haven't been to before. It's going to be close. But we're going to have to get rid of facility for a while until God provides us with a place. And, and I like what the whole minimal thing, and, and he gave us three points that he wants to see in our new fellowship. First of all, first of all, you're not going to like this, some of you. First of all, this is a place of worship. We come here to love God. We come here, and that means, you know, I was one time, I was preaching a sermon, and there was somebody that through the whole sermon, man, it's not like this is a mega church, I can see what's going on out there. And for the whole sermon, this, he's doing this, man, on his phone. And I don't know if he was telling Jesus, this is a wonderful sermon, and, and texting, I don't know what, but we can't do that. Man, when somebody's doing that kind of stuff in a house of worship, I'm kind of looking around to see if some lightning's going to come down or something. This is a place of worship. Number one, we come here to love God. Amen. Number two, we come here to build each other up, Amen. to encourage each other, because we live in a world that rejects what we believe in, that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in that kind of world. So God says, come here and get refreshed. We need to refresh each other. And when we see each other on Sunday morning, whenever we meet, think to our, do I have a good word? Do I have a word of encouragement that I can give to that brother or sister in Jesus? And third, we need to get ourselves ready to preach the good news to a lost world to be a great commission church, to, to look for every opportunity that we have to tell people about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because I don't care how nice they are, I don't care how good of a life they live, if they don't know Jesus, they're not going to heaven. And there is no other alternative other than hell. So we need to come here and love God. We need to worship God. We need to build each other up. And we need to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. That's, just the, that's what we're here for. 
Keep it simple. The Word of God. Jesus Christ, loving God. So we don't trust in good works. But we wholly trust. We wholly trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. The Christian, we know Jesus. We have built our house upon a rock. And Matthew chapter 7, familiar passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 7, in verses uh, 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does, and, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Man, walk in the word of God. Build your house upon that rock. Walk in his word. Obey his word. In Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, we have assurance of our salvation. Only in Christ. We're going to celebrate in a little bit Holy Communion. And we remember that, that Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And I, I know I've shared this with you before, but that illustration, that, that when Count Zinzendorf in the, in the 1700s, when he looked up at a portrait of Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross, and as he looked at that portrait, and underneath there, there was an, uh, it, it was written, an inscription, it said, Jesus said, this is what I've done for you. What will you now do for me? What will you now do for me? Jesus tells us that as we celebrate what he has done for us that through communion, he tells us, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. We were talking yesterday or on Thursday night and we we're bringing up, you know, a lot of churches and, and I don't, I'm not putting anything, any of it down, but some of these big churches they have ministries for everybody. Oh, everybody. I, they're talking about church. They even have a, a nerd ministry. So if you're a nerd, all the nerds get they hang out together and pray about being nerds, I guess, you know. But different ministries for every for everybody. You know, somebody came to us and you know in our church and said, you know, you guys need to have a mountain bike ministry. <laughs> really, a mountain bike ministry. No, what we need to do is we need to preach the gospel to those who don't know Jesus. What we need to do is we need to get, see drug addicts get delivered. We need to see alcoholics set free. We need to have people who have grown up in homes where they've suffered horrible abuse and, and, and are messed up people. We need to see those people set free in the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus. That's what we need to see. Amen. 
I was telling Paul, I think we're going we're to start a bald ministry. <laughs> we can all get together, us bald guys, and talk about how it feels and what we're going through and pray for each other. It's just crazy. <laughs> what we need is the power of God. What we need is his power poured out in our midst where we see people delivered, set free, set upon that, that solid rock. Jesus paid it all. He took our sin upon himself. He paid the penalty we deserved. He took the judgment and the wrath that we deserve. He took it all. The Christian understands that that we were blind, but now we see. In mercy, he has opened up our blind eyes. And we always need to remember, but God, but God. Oh, I, I'm going through this horrible thing in my life. I, I just don't think I'll ever be set free from it, but God, but God, because the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. God, he is in the business of deliverance. He is in the business of setting people free. We, it's always but God. I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but God. I, I can't take much more of this, but God. He is faithful, and he'll bring us through it. All things are possible with him. In Ephesians... Ephesians 1.17. Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge in the knowledge of him, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse, I'm going to read verses 6 all the way through 16. Christian, this is for you. I want to say to you, when you really begin to get a handle, to understand that power in Jesus Christ that is available to you, one of the things you'll notice when you're going through your day, you find that you're constantly thinking about God. You can't stop talking about Jesus Christ. You get in tune to the spiritual. And when you do that, you realize how shallow this world is. Here we were told... You're yet among the mature, we do not, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, this is for us, Christian. 
What is, this is what is written. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Can't even comprehend it. What God has prepared, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also, one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given by God. And we impart this in the words not thought, not thought, taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but to himself, but, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have, but we have the mind of Christ. We, we no longer, the longer, I'm going to say, the longer that we walk with Christ, the longer that we walk with Christ, the more we comprehend, the more we comprehend, the more we understand his love, and his grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, for by grace. Don't you love grace? You know, I, for the rest of my life, I, I want to be a giver of grace. I, I want to tell people about the grace of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. Not as a result of works that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We know ourselves, don't we? We know that in ourselves we could never be good enough. And as I said, when we're born again, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, God is always on our mind. As I said, we can't talk enough about our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, aren't you blown away when, when you contemplate all, the, all that he has done for you? The love of Christ, his love, his love that is perfect. It's a love, it's a love that, that will never end. It'll never end. You know, I, I share with men. I, I've told, told you this before. I, I just don't get it, man. You know, and Lucy will tell you, I'm not the perfect husband, but I really do love her. And you know how Paul says in, in Ephesians, you know, guys tell me, oh, I'm just not getting along with a little woman, you know, and this and that. And usually it's because they're so gone, the husband's so self-centered, they're into themselves, you know. You know, I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity pastor here. But, but for the husband, I say husbands, Love your wives. 
Love your wives is Christ loved the church and gave himself up for the church. And Lucy knows that, uh, that I would lay my life down for her in a, in a second. I would. And, and sometimes I think to myself, you know what, Wayne, you're just not loving her enough. She's a crack up. I won't tell you what she said yesterday. <laughs> but she said something totally off the wall to me. And I just started cracking up. And I said to her, how did you come up with that? And she told me, she said, I've been living in Wayne's world for 50 years. <laughs> I said, that is good. That is a, I love that one. I, I, where did you, how did you think of Wayne's world? <laughs> Poor girl, it's a reality to her. <laughs> but we're to love God. We're to love God. And I'm just about done. I just wanted to share from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In verses uh, 4 through 8, the first part of 8. Love. Love God. Love is patient. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant are rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in, at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And, you know, we have different things. That, it, it seems like me and Lucy attract different kinds of people. And this one day this week, I'd went to, to my favorite place, Costco, and I was unloading the stuff, and Lucy said there's a trunk was open. Lucy says there's a van behind the car. And I'm thinking somebody's taking all my stuff. So I, I go out there, and there's this lady, and she's dropping off a lady at her home with all of her luggage to come and live with us. And the lady is, we know the lady. She's, uh, she's got some issues that she's dealing with. And... Lucy takes her to spend the rest of her day and took her to try to get her some help at uh, Sharp's Hospital and, and finally just uh, finally didn't know what to do, so we had to take her back to, uh, had the lady took her back to her hotel. And our goal was, was to get this woman back with her husband and, because that's where she was safe, and we knew that. And praise God, she came over yesterday, and she's back with her husband in a safe place. But the one lady told Lucy, she said, I can't believe how patient you are. Well, I told Lucy, I said, the reason you're patient is because that's love. The more that we're in love with Jesus, the more that we're patient with each other. Isn't that true? I mean, that's just the way it all works. And I'm telling Lucy, I, I'm telling her, I said, Lucy, I, I'm getting nervous here. All her luggage is here. <laughs> to me, that's not a real good sign. But, but it all, God worked it all out. And she came over yesterday, and, and she was like, the poor lady, she's a, a, just a, a, has severe diabetes. So she decided not to take her medication anymore. 
that God healed her. Well, I believe God heals, but man, if, God, if the doctor tells you that you, you need to take shots for diabetes, until you know for sure that God heals you, you better keep taking those shots. And she got crazy because, you know, the, you know we, had, we took care of my grandpa. And I never forget it, that me and Lucy were at a friend's have, having dinner, and one of the kids called us up, Connie or one of them called us up and said, Mom, Dad, you need to come home. Grandpa's in the street running around in his underwear. And we went home, and sure enough, that's what he was doing. And thank God that his underwear were clean and everything, so he looked respectable. <laughs> but, but it turned out that my grandfather had pancreatic cancer and was not getting the sugar. was just crazy, and he was crazy. And, and we took care of him until he passed away. But... Patient. We need to be, we need to be patient with each other. And you know, when you think about all this, and you think about what Jesus Christ, and you think about we're going to take partake of Holy Communion, that Jesus Christ has taken the the sting out of death. Now, I'm not saying that, as I, uh, Leon shared, my brother had heart surgery on. Wednesday, and me and Lucy drove out to Pasadena to be with him during that time. And, you know, Lucy's a lot more discerning sometimes than I am. And she said, well, you know, that, that he was a little fearful. Well, there's, that's, we're human beings, man. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you know what that, it's like Leon brought up. Man, you, they have to break your sternum. And then they take your heart out, and if your heart's not beating anymore, and they hook you up to something artificial that for the next three hours or so, where they, because they had to replace his, his one of his valves, the aorta valve. And man, wouldn't I would that would make me a little nervous to think that uh, my heart's not going to be really beating for three hours. But God was with him, the grace of God. And I know I've shared this with you before. I'm going to share it again. Some of you didn't hear the story. But we had a man that we loved, a Christian man, who was a Christian that for his whole Christian life would fall into sin. And I'm not saying lightweight sin. It's a pretty major sin. And he was dying. I mean, he had the hospice people. Where we brought him to our home here in San Diego, the, all the way he lived in Pasadena. The hospice people were coming. He, what are you, he was like, what are you doing here? Well, they were coming because he was dying. They knew he was dying. And he had such a fear of death. And the reason he had that fear of death, because he knew that he had lived a life as a Christian that was not pleasing to God. He, we loved him, but he had, he had fallen into sin over and over and over and over again. Fearful, fearful. If you talk to him about death, man, he'd start shaking because he didn't want to face God. And he went into a coma in our home for, oh, like a whole day. I mean, he didn't wake up for like 24 hours. And he woke up. And this is, tells you how wonderful God is that when he went into that coma, he went into heaven for a while, and God showed him his glory. And God showed him that even though he messed up his Christian life, and he didn't have all that God had for him because of the, of the way he lived, but still God said, hey, my friend, you're coming to heaven. You're my child. And Lucy said to him, are you still fearful? And he said, oh, no. You see, he experienced the grace of God because Jesus Christ, Christian, 
has taken the sting out of death. That was Satan's great, that was his biggest weapon, death. But we understand as Christians that to be absent from this body is to be in his presence. For us to live as Jesus, to die as gain, we get it. Not to, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have some kind of apprehension when we come to that place, but I can guarantee you, I saw it with my friend, that when it happens, when we get to that place, that God's grace will be sufficient. That's just a fact. This guy, he was so funny because he was a compulsive gambler. That was one of his things. He, he loved the horses, man, but he'd bet on anything. And it, he was in one of the, this organization called Gamblers Anonymous. And, and I was joking with someone because his friends would come to see him and they were all in the little program, Gamblers Anonymous. And they were all in the hallway talking. And I think Lucy asked me, what were they talking about? And I said, I think they were laying odds when he's going to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, just can't, they just can't get away from it, you know? But, uh, but he went into glory because Jesus has taken away the sting of death. We were born again. We understand our purpose in life. We know that it's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And you know what? I'm going to stop there. I had a little bit more, but see, Pooh, that's what you do. You just say, okay, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> Trying to help you out, my brother. Okay. <laughs> That just comes with, the, with time, doesn't it? Right. But let's, uh, we're going to have communion now. Worship team, come on up. And uh, let me just read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm just kidding with you, Lance. You stop whenever you want to stop, brother. I was blessed. That uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, it says, For I receive from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's bow in prayer.